and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, last week when I said that Mercury Retrograde was punching me in the face, I really mean it. I mean, my phone stopped working last episode after I recorded it, like fully after I had uploaded it to my hosting site, I realized that I had recorded the whole episode with my microphone turned off. So the only thing that was picking up my audio was my computer microphone. And I didn't even have the computer close to my face. So I apologize if that audio was so shitty. I was so excited about putting my new music in. And I hate that that's like, as me talking about becoming more professional, that's the first episode I put out. But hopefully it wasn't too noticeable. And I, you know, I did check it and I could tell you could still hear all the audio. It just wasn't as crisp as it would be with a mic. And then yesterday I was on TikTok. I just got out of the shower. I was checking my TikTok because I had posted this video that was going a little bit viral. And before my very eyes, my profile picture was changed to a black screen. My name was deleted. It was just replaced with a pair of like kissy lips. And there was hate speech put in my bio. It literally the N word over and over and over again in my bio. And as if like being hacked isn't already very violating feeling, it kind of feels like your digital home being broken into, which sounds a little bit over the top, but it really does feel that way because you start realizing you're like, well, what what else does this person have access to? Or they can put videos out that aren't represented in me. They can put things in my bio that I would never say. And it was just scary. And I, I was really kind of worried too that they were still in my account. I kind of just tried to shut it. Like I tried to revoke all access. I changed my password immediately. But you just don't know how quickly it's going to update if it's going to actually kick them out of the system or if they're going to hack it again. So I'm kind of on edge over that. I, I'm just telling you like Mercury and retrograde, it it's really something. And I'm going to Philly this week. I'm very excited and with my, with my college friends. And I have to say though, I was a little nervous purchasing my tickets while all this shit was going down. And it's notorious that like you know, you have to, when you travel during Mercury and retrograde, be a little cautious. I don't think I'm particularly, like, obviously I'm into astrology and all that, but I take it all with a grain of salt. I don't let it rule my life, but there is something about Mercury and retrograde, and maybe it's just because I'm automatically in a negative mindset. I'm on alert because I know it always hits me hard, but you can't deny that is a weird amount of technological things to go wrong in the span of one week. So I'm just... (laughs) I'm just recovering from it. Um, but I, because of that, I, you know, I was feeling a little down in the dumps and I decided it was a good idea to just buy myself a lot of shit online. Like so much shit I did not need. I bought an Alexis Nyers uh, t-shirt that is so cool. It's by this artist called Sean Elmore. It's on her Instagram. If you follow her, she posted a picture of it. It just had this perfect like worn in look. It wasn't really, a, you know, for a t-shirt, it wasn't cheap, but it looked so nice. And I don't, I'm not even a t-shirt gal. Like I don't find them flattering on me. Not really my vibe. I had to have this t-shirt. And then there's this website that I've become obsessed with. It's called Miami Sample. So miamisample.com. And they're an online sample sale site. So each week they will have different designers where they will put stuff out at like drastically reduced prices. They have crazy brands like Year of Ours, Rowing Blazers. I bought stuff from Oceanus. It was a custom, not not custom, I'm sorry, made to order silk three-piece suit. Okay, 
jacket, crop top, pants with a feather trim. It was originally over $600. It was $150. How could I, how could I pass that up? And then on Saturday, for some reason, I guess I was just feeling some nostalgia. I was like, Kenzie, let's go to the mall. Let's go to the Nordstrom Cafe and then order a bottle of wine and spend money. And that's exactly what we did. And then we went out at night. We we just kept the party going. And again, I don't know why I do that to myself because then all of yesterday I had anxiety. But I'm telling you, there was just something in me. I had the need to swipe the card. I always do, but it really came over me <laughs> this past week. Uh, and I think it was also partially brought on by the fact that Harry Styles dropped his album on Friday. If you guys haven't listened yet, I think it's a very beautiful album. To me, you know, it's, I'd say there's probably less standouts on it to me than there were on Fine Line, but I don't find that there's many skips on it. There's probably only one or two songs I skip on it. It is a very just pleasing, <laughs> no pun intended, out album from start to finish so if you haven't listened yet just just give it a little listen if you if you're feeling that on your beginning of your work week this week okay last week I was talking about nipple pasties how Addison Ray and Cara Delevingne I'm sorry if it wasn't last week it was the week before because it was when they went to the Met Gala and Kara on the red carpet had on gold pasties, but like I said, I swear they looked like the ones that you get from Walgreens that had just been spray painted gold. And then Addison had on just the regular fucking nude ones, nothing special, and wore it under a sheer top. And so every photo you can just see her nipple pasties, just like a beacon beckoning you in the night. Okay, so the BBMAs, which are the Billboard Music Awards, happened this past week, and Doja Cat was wearing the most gorgeous scaparelli gown i've been really into his uh or i'm sorry that house's designs lately and i think it's partially because the creative director main designer i keep seeing his sister's tiktoks and he made her a custom gown for her wedding in the classic like gold toe shoe they do and it was just so cool and i'm like Ugh, you guys get it like your designs are just insane you know that lung dress that Bella Hadid wore I believe it was to Cannes a year or two ago where it looked like lungs but just plated in gold again I just think their stuff is so cool so Doja Cat under this look it was a very sheer top she wore a gold nipple pasty but these nipple pasties intrigued me I'm like that is a high quality nipple pasty I thought it was part of the design of the dress turns out you guys can buy these nipple pasties yourself. They're agent provocateur. They're $110. I mean, kind of stunning. I went down a black hole on their site. They have so many fun pasties. They have ones shaped like hearts. I will be sticking to my $14 Walgreens ones. Actually, no, Kinsey told me the brand Nippies is really, really good. And they cost a little bit more, but they're kind of, they're around that price. And she says they last really well. They feel amazing. So that's what I will be purchasing next. I know you guys are really eager to know uh, my nipple pasty collection. <laughs> like I said, I just wear mine because a lot of times, you know, a bra isn't going to work. A traditional bra isn't going to work. So those with some tape, it does you up real good. Okay, guys, we have to talk about the quote unquote unmasking of Dumas. We've talked about Dumas on here so many times before. It is kind of our modern day Perez Hilton. She does celeb sightings. It's all through Instagram stories, but she's really expanded her brand and it's become sort of this empire. So 
you know, a lot of people are kind of skeptical about whether this has just become a whole PR machine. And I do think as it's progress like I started following Dumal early on in the pandemic and it definitely had a different more kind of homegrown vibe then than it does now and it was recently announced that they're actually doing a show she's doing a book and they're doing a show with HBO and I'm fascinated to see how that's going to play out if it's going to be any good who's going to star in it kind of the format of the show what it's going to be so with all of that happening I thought it was intriguing timing that in a newsletter it's by a man named brian feldman it's a substack newsletter it's linked in the show notes uh to give him credit and you can kind of look at his process of how he believes this to be dumois and i had actually heard this name thrown around a little bit it's melissa lovalo i actually thought it was meggie kempner was was who it was i was between it being meggie kempner or jamie gleicher because there was a tagged photo on instagram with emily gellis which we talked about her way back when when we were talking about the f factor diet drama and she had tagged dumas in the picture and in the picture was jamie gleicher and meggie kempner just you know i have i really had no idea who meggie kempner was jamie gleicher was on a reality show back in the day with ali hilfiger who is tommy hilfiger's daughter uh basically just about her being rich and flitting around town. So I kind of, it tracked to me that it could be Jamie because she was kind of peripherally in that fashion world. And I knew the people who originally ran Dumas were. So, I mean, you know, they haven't confirmed this themselves. It's not like Dumas has come out and said, oh yeah, I'm Melissa Lavallo. But I think kind of how he walks you through it, how he looks through this digital footprint and was able to figure it out. And he finds an old YouTube video because originally Dumas was started back and years ago it was just kind of like a fashion blog with two friends and during the pandemic it kind of pivoted to these celebrity sightings so i don't know it again read read it give your two cents i i'm interested to see if because she's been unmasked if she's going to continue to stay kind of this anonymous blurry picture i think that is the route she's going to go but i think it's going to be hard when you want to be doing press for you know, your upcoming show and your book and you can't show your face. You're not giving someone like a face to connect with. And I think in this time where we have so much accessibility to celebrities through social media and we love this instant gratification and we want relatability, I think it'll be hard for Dumois to get all of that um, as she tries to make her brand more of a personal brand and still keep her identity completely cut off like it is now so again just very interesting to see the trajectory that's going to take clearly she is doing something right i think because the fact that she's as a tv show with hbo is wild to me (sighs) i don't know okay speaking of you know celebrity sightings i don't think we can't not talk about the kravis wedding I try to keep my Kardashian talk to somewhat of, you know, limited on here just because I know people get Kardashian fatigue. People have very strong feelings about the Kardashians, but I just feel like there's been so much leading up to this. I didn't even follow her two other weddings on here. She and him got legally married in Santa Barbara. They uh, also had their Vegas wedding, but now they got married in Portofino in Italy. The whole family was there. Scott was not there. But I think people are, you know, dying over the fashion. It's completely, I don't want to say sponsored, but we'll say it. This wedding appears to be sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. 
everything, um, their dinner, their like all the dishware, the pasta. In case you didn't know, like if you look it up, Dolce & Gabbana makes kitchenware. Um, they do a lot of collaborations with companies like Smeg and it's it's very over the top, but it is beautiful. And they do like these really expensive pastas just because you're paying for the Dolce & Gabbana pasta box. So the whole family is just head to toe Dolce & Gabbana for every element of the wedding. Courtney's being a little dragged for her uh, wedding looks because she she went with a lot of short dresses uh, with the Dolce & Gabbana kind of signature style. But there was a lot of sweet things mixed in. Like her veil had Travis Barker's tattoo on it that he has on his head. And, you know, I, she looks happy and she looks good. But I will say her fashion out of the Kardashian-Jenner clan was not my favorite. Like I think Kylie's looks were amazing. Kendall's looks were amazing. I really liked I, I really liked all of them. I loved Chloe and Kim for the wedding. They reminded me of the Met Gala theme from a few years ago when they did Heavenly Bodies, which to me is all-time best Met Gala dressing of all time. It's was a lot of sacrilege. I'm not personally a religious person, so I didn't mind. But, you know, you have Chloe wearing a rosary as a belt. She's wearing the, you know, the fanned gold crown that you see a lot in, in religious paintings. So I thought they looked incredible. But as usual, they're always giving the people something to talk about. I just binged the second season of Bling Empire, which is really one of my favorite reality shows on Netflix, or just in general, period. Obsessed with Anna Shea, love Kane. And, you know, during the season, you see Kim Lee get a residency at The Win in Vegas. And for some reason this year, I don't know if it's just because of content I've been consuming, I have become dead set on having a Las Vegas weekend. I've never been to Vegas. I want to go. I want to do it up, even though like those pool parties, that looks like my worst nightmare. I am very much the kind of girl who my ideal night out is starting early at a happy hour, having amazing food, really delicious cocktails, ending with a little espresso martini and calling it a night. You know, I'm not, do I have my nights out? Yeah, but ideally I don't, I'm not raging at the club. You know, that's very low down on my ideas of fun. It it doesn't even compute on my list of fun. But I don't know. I just want to go to Vegas. I want to do it tacky. I want to wear sequins. I want to go to the Vanderpump Garden restaurant. I want to hotel hop. I want to do it big. And the fact that Kim Lee from Bling Empire is DJing there, I now feel determined to see her. I will go to a pool party to sim- see Kim Lee DJ. And then I was scrolling through. like I was so determined that I was seeing which dates she usually DJs. And she's usually there on Fridays for her residency. One of the weeks, it said she was with DJ Diesel. And there was a picture of this man. And I'm like, well, that man is Shaq. Like, that man is Shaquille O'Neal. And I was so confused. I was like, wow, does he have a doppelganger named DJ Diesel? Like, this man looks exactly like him. No, turns out, and maybe I'm living under a complete rock. I thought he was just doing commercials for Icy Hot, but apparently this man is out there DJing at the win. Occasionally. I mean, he's probably making the circuit. So one week he's he's there with Kim Lee. And if I could pick, that would be the one I would go to. But I think it's too close to my nose surgery. So I don't think that's going to happen for me. And I'm devastated. 
Okay, speaking of Vegas, can we also touch on how Laura Pitcher, who we had on this podcast, she wrote a whole article about how the party girl chic is back. She does trend pieces. It's called Get Your Glitter Out, Party Girl Chic is Back. And I just have to say, that is what I'm bringing into summer 2022. I have never been one for aesthetic minimalism. There is a part in me, and maybe it's just that grass is greener part that wants it. I really do. Like, part of me just wants to be okay wearing the coastal grandma chic that is so in. But I am a sequin glitter girl through and through. And I've always been a sequin glitter girl. And I'm going to be 80 and be a sequin glitter girl. So you don't have to tell me twice that party girl chic is back because for me, party girl chic never went away. (laughs) And I will be in Vegas this summer with my pasties and my sequins and I'm going to be happy. All right, let's get into our first article of the day. So as you might have heard, the commencement speaker for NYU's graduation was Taylor Swift herself. I had Conan O'Brien for mine and he was immaculate, amazing, but Taylor Swift might go down as most iconic graduation speaker in a long while. (laughs) I read the transcript of her entire speech. I watched clips of it and it was very endearing. It really kind of made me well up at parts. Obviously, Taylor has a way with words and it, it was cute. It fit the theme. Obviously, this was the class of 2022 famously Taylor Swift saying 22. So she made a lot of jokes about that. There was a lot of self-deprecation. She made fun of herself for dressing up as a 1950s housewife for a certain period. But she was like, you know what? It was fun and I don't regret it. And I love that. I I thought that spoke volumes. And (laughs) there is a game on the cut where it says, who said it, Taylor Swift or a fortune cookie? And I thought it would be fun to play it together because we don't play many games on here. So the first one is, life can be heavy, especially if you try to carry it all at once. Who said it? Taylor or a fortune cookie? It was Taylor. Okay, you get to pick what your life has time and room for. Be discerning. Also Taylor. We write our own destiny. Okay, this one I don't know. I think this is Taylor. Oh shit. Okay, no, that was a fortune cookie. We each are a patchwork quilt of those who have loved us. I believe that was also Taylor. Yes, Big journeys begin with a single step. I'm going to go fortune cookie on that one. Yes. If you want the rainbow, you have to tolerate the rain. That was definitely fortune cookie. Taylor loves a cliche, but she would not do that to us. We all are literary chameleons. This was actually one of my favorite concepts that she had in her speech. She talks about how we use different tones when we write an email or when we're texting our friends. And, you know, I've always thought about that because obviously we are different versions of ourselves speaking to people and when we're around them, but I never really thought about it from a writing stance and how that kind of can relate to songwriting as well. So I I liked that she did that. So that one was obviously Taylor Swift. The next one is you don't always get all the things in the bag that you selected from the menu in the delivery service that is life. That was also Taylor. That definitely sounds like it could be Fortune Cookie Nobody can be exactly like you. I think that's fortune cookie. Oh, shit. That was Taylor, too. It says Taylor loves individuality, but she prefers to spell her thoughts on this. Okay. And then let's keep dancing like we're the class of 22. That was obviously Taylor Swift. And I want to go over some other things that kind of struck me. She talks about how she never had the normal college experience and how she went to a public high school until the 10th grade. And at that point, she started doing homeschool. 
and she was working in the floors of airport terminals. But my favorite detail of this, and something I really hope is true, is she says that she would pretend to have really loud fights with her mom when they were boarding on Southwest so that no one would want the empty seat between them. (laughs) I just so hope that's true. Like, that is such Karen behavior, but I kind of love it. And then she talks about this fantasy of college really struck her because she set the ending of her music video for Love Story at her fantasy imaginary college, which I don't think I connected that. And she's, you know, saying she meets a male model reading a book on the grass. And with one single glance, we realize we have been in love in our past lives. And she's like, which is exactly what you guys all experienced at some point in the last four years, right? And I swear to God, some people at my college did experience that way. And to those bitches, I'm so freaking jealous. Like, y'all did it right. You you caught a man when... <laughs> The, the pickings were good. And then she talks about how she's a big advocate for not hiding your enthusiasm for things. And that struck me because I try to live my life by that. She says, it seems to me that there's a false stigma around eagerness in our culture of unbothered ambivalence. This outlook perpetuates the idea that it's not cool to want it, that people who don't try hard are fundamentally more chic than people who do. And I wouldn't know because I've been a lot of things, but I've never been an expert on chic. But I'm the one who's up here, so you have to listen to me when I say this. Never be ashamed of trying. Effortlessness is a myth. The people who wanted it the least were the ones I wanted to date and be friends with in high school. The people who want it the most... I now hire to work for my company. So I thought that was very sweet and good advice. And I'm not saying I'm out there being the hardest worker or anything, but I do think I approach life with a sense of enthusiasm. It's like the one thing I have going for me. (laughs) I get really excited about mundane shit, as you can probably tell by this podcast. Okay, so I was recording most the beginning of this uh, before I went to work and it's after work now. And there's a few things I wanted to say that I don't think I made clear when I was talking about, you know, revealing Dumas. I don't think I made it clear that when Dumas started, it was Maggie Kempner and Melissa Lavalle. So Maggie Kempner technically was Dumas, but Brian's theory of who is currently Dumas is Melissa Lavalle. Lavallo. And the other thing I'm not sure I made clear is that they don't have much of a digital footprint. So it's very hard to really know much about what they're currently doing because Dumas has always maintained that she has and likes her day job. And I wonder if that's shifted now that, like we said, she's getting all these deals. But I wanted to clear that up. And I wanted to mention that I totally forgot when I was talking about Dolce & Gabbana basically sponsoring the Kardashian wedding that I didn't mention that they are considered a very, very problematic brand. Uh, If you just do a quick Google about them being problematic, you'll see a lot of stuff come up. I'm linking an article from High Snobiety. It came out nine months ago, and it covers a lot of the problematic things they've done. And I will say it seems that the main issue with Dolce & Gabbana is Domenico Dolce and Stefano Gabbana you know, the namesakes of it more so like, I don't know if the whole fashion house as a whole is a problem, but with them at the helm, it is a problem because I feel like their toxic ways of thinking sort of trickle down and they come out in the advertising for the company. They had a racist ad campaign that involved an Asian model eating Italian dishes with chopsticks and a male voiceover said, is it too big for you? Condescendingly, as she tried to pick up the giant cannoli using chopsticks, there was an issue where, oh, oh, and someone responded about how infuriating the campaign was and 
allegedly Stefano Gabbano slid into their DMs and wrote China ignorant, dirty smelling mafia. Gross. And then there's all these other things. They used um, Blackamore statutes on the earrings of white models, which depict black people as racist caricatures. And as recently as 2013, Gabbana attended a party in blackface. They, in 2015, said they opposed the idea of gay couples adopting. They released a $2,000 shoe called the, quote, slave sandal. They supported Melania Trump um, with a, as the article says, tasteless campaign touting hashtag boycott Dolce and Gabbana t-shirts. So literally trolling the people who were pointing out how problematic they were. And then this... I mean, the other stuff is so beyond awful, and this one's just petty, but I actually just don't get it. They commented on a post of Selena Gomez, Gabbana did, saying, quote, she's so ugly. And A, I mean, Selena Gomez is one of the most beautiful people in the world. B, her L cover with her in the Dolce & Gabbana dress is one of my favorite covers of all time. I've I've never thought like a celebrity has looked more beautiful on a magazine cover i have that particular magazine like i've saved it because i love it so much and this just is so disgusting so for the kardashians to so openly support dolce and gabbana in this way is kind of shocking and kind of not i suppose because i don't think they've shied away from scandal and controversy in any element of their life but it's definitely tone deaf and definitely tasteless as gorgeous as i think it was a lot of people think it was so tacky and ugly i thought it was really cool everything about it i just thought it looked the vibe but it definitely kind of sours my perception of it knowing all the shitty stuff that dolce and gabbana have done so i will not be purchasing anything from them uh, anytime soon not that i can afford it anyways but still Okay, let's move on to some more articles. First up, would you take legal help from Anna Delvey by Danielle Cohen? So, obviously, Anna Delvey is the queen of keeping her name in people's mouths. And and as much as part of me is like, stop talking about scammers, Bailey. Don't give them attention. I just can't help myself because it's such interesting approach to this that it's almost refreshing from your typical celebrity because it's just so bizarre that it becomes this sort of weird performance art that it makes so much sense that she's friends with Julia Fox. So this announcement about her starting a legal firm, she sent the message to an insider reporter, Jacob Shumsian. He posted a screenshot on Twitter and it said, today I'm so very excited to launch my own legal practice, listing her firm as Delvey and Daughters PLLC or short double D along with Quote, warning, highly litigious. And then you have to call 1-800-BETTER-CALL-ANNA, which is, you know, too many digits to be a real phone number. And then the address listed for the law firm matches the ICE facility. And that's where she's been detained since March 2021. And that happened six weeks after she was released from prison. So this is obviously her just, again, trolling because... You, you can't start a law firm unless you hold a legal license. So she's just fucking around. She's just getting her name out there. Oh, and as a reminder, this is, you know, Anna Delvey's the one that inventing Anna, the Shonda Rhimes show is based on. And it was originated and based largely on an article that The Cut had years ago. 
So this brings me to my next article, which is also by Danielle Cohen, and it's called Anna Delvey's Ready for Her Comeback. So the day after this little blurb about her starting her legal firm is started, it starts to all make sense because clearly this was leading into this art show she was throwing. Now, (laughs) Danielle does a great job of describing this. So apparently it was happening on the 17th floor of New York's public hotel, and Anna Delvey was going to video chat into her art exhibit. The event was one night only, and the name of it was Allegedly. <laughs> and apparently it the night started in one of the dark, loungy rooms at the hotel. Danielle got there around 7.45. She says the clubby music's blaring. There's bartenders pouring wine and champagne. And most of the people there are press. But there was also... Um, two friends of the DJ that she ran into, a Danish documentarian whose friend worked at the hotel, which would love to meet them. You know that's like my secret dream job is to become a documentarian. And then a few acquaintances of Christopher Martin, who is the curator who was responsible for getting Anna's drawings out of the ICE facility. And I don't know if I pulled the quote, but in this article they talked about how they were trying to pay lawyers to go pick up her drawings from the ice facility and that became very expensive for them to do. And Martine, I guess, said that Julia Fox and Julia Garner, so Julia Garner is the one who plays Anna and inventing Anna and Julia Fox is, you know, you probably know her best from her relationship with Kanye that we discussed on here. What? Okay, Kenzie says you probably know her best from Anka Jams, which she's right. <laughs> yes, you get the vibe. So, I mean, it would have been so iconic if both the Julias were there, but they were in LA and Europe, respectively, apparently, allegedly. Um, I love that there was a performance by a drag queen impersonating Delvey, and she exited with the words, The wire is coming. And then all of a sudden, we finally get the art coming in. So it's a model wearing black sheer pantyhose pulled over their head. I I saw that this was happening on a TikTok and it was very alarming. I was like, what am I watching? But I couldn't look away. And then over the pantyhose, they have on huge Fendi sunglasses. And then they were holding these gold framed pieces that I guess Anna drew And so they were kind of, you know, toting around like instead of like the girls who come in with the sparklers at the club, they just come in with the little picture frames like do 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 strutting around, you know, showing them to the party goers. And Danielle writes that Delvey's drawings fall somewhere between fashion sketches and New Yorker cartoons. And they have captions like here's a sampling. I am this show. Never complain. Never explain. (laughs) I mean, honestly, her and Taylor Swift should get together. They could share their their fortune cookie little sayings. Um, I'm just kidding. I would, I'm not putting Anna on Taylor's level. I would never. So, oh, yes, here's the quote. So Martine said they would pay the lawyers to retrieve the drawings, but that got too expensive. So then they started using the prison mail system, but they would only mail on the days when the people within the facility that Anna trusted were working. Because I guess she was worried about them intercepting them and taking her little drawings. But honestly, I'm pretty sure she could have whipped up these drawings in like two minutes. So I don't know why she was being overly um, acting like you're this really proprietary information. But uh, you're right. Why am I questioning anything? So (laughs) 
She has one painting that's called Vanilla Ice, and she drew herself surrounded by a sea of ice detainees with the words white privilege application status denied, which is also so tone deaf. Like, is she just saying that she expected just because she had white privilege, she was somehow going to get out of ice? Is that what you take from that? I really don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be campy or what like her her humor is really kind of missing the mark on all of these so there's very little about anna that i understand and then she has another piece called trial is the new sex tape and it depicts a recreation of her trial and with her in a white dress and a black choker so after the show they tell the crowd to go upstairs to this like gallery room and there's cocktail tables and all of her drawings are placed out on the fold-out tables so you don't have to just look at them as the little pantyhose models are showing them and then there was qr codes where you could purchase either a percentage of the original collection or pay $250 for a print. I'm like, damn, I thought the originals would be $250. I wonder how much how much she was like charging to get a percentage. This was actually my favorite part. It says, the only art world representatives I met were two social media strategists from Christie's. Asked about Christie's interest in Delvey's collection, they replied, nothing right now. <laughs> it's just such a burn. Like it's it's just the social media girls there and they're like, mm, yeah, it's a no from Christie's, but like we're going to come to this party. And then Danielle hears a what she describes as a cluster of middle aged white men in business suits who suck out among the designer belly shirts and chic silk cohorts dominating the room. One of them, who appeared to be a member of her legal team, delivered a rousing speech while we waited for Anna to arrive, in which she emphasized that she could become a free person any day she wishes and was bravely staying in the U.S. instead of going home to Germany. He did not explain why. And his toast ended with several free Anna chants. Um, this lawyer might be more delusional than Anna, I, I would lo- I wish she had dropped some names. I would really love to know who these people are. And then finally, Anna shows up. She's on the video call. She's on the screen. She's wearing Celine glasses, a jumpsuit, yellow, a blurred out background. <laughs> Can't show that prison concrete, you know. And some blonde woman was unintroduced who interviewed her. And Delvey explained that she... Uh, used dull rubber instruments in prison to create the sketches. I'm pretty sure, can they not get any sort of drawing material in prison? I'm pretty sure they can. It just can't be, like, sharp. I think they can. Yeah. They have books and shit. Yeah. So it's... people make artwork in prison? It says her fans appeared less interested in the art than in Anna herself. And at one point during the interview, someone in the back of the room shouted, Anna, are you on Raya? And if there is anything that's a sign of the times it might be this article like this is the type of article in 300 years from now people are going to read with no context and be like what the fuck was that generation doing what the fuck is raya speaking of i'm still very much open for a raya referral if anyone wants to hook a girl up i don't care if it's not cool i'm gonna keep asking until someone gives me a raya referral please i beg of you i want to get the scoop okay so our blind item of the day i know this is a little obvious but we didn't talk about a ton of celebs so i figured i could do one that was tangentially about taylor swift because this blind item has not been revealed and i need to know who this is about i also don't have the date for it Ugh, again this comes from crazy days and nights take it with a grain of salt 
he's the easiest to search. That's why a lot of times I use his site. It's easy for me to search by name to find it. It's it's a blind item. It's not journalism, okay? It's a rumor. It's gossip. But let me know if you can help me figure this out. It says, the B-list celebrity offspring of two of the worst celebrity parents ever has been hooking up the past few weeks with the lead singer of the band that Taylor Swift loves. Apparently, they sent Taylor a pic of themselves naked in bed together. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. First, I don't know who the offspring is because I don't know who the worst celebrity parents ever would be. Okay, so off mic, Kenzie and I were walking through this, and when we Googled it, Taylor Swift's favorite band was listed as The National, which makes sense because Aaron Dessner, who she's heavily featured in her last few albums, is one of the band members of The National, but Matt Berninger is actually the lead, but he's 51, and I was like, you know what? This is not tracking. I need to look up this date of this blind. So this blind came from December 8th, 2014, and maybe it was revealed because on a different site, I found that this is apparently about Allie Lohan and Matt Healy from the 1975. So to plug it in for you, Allie Lohan is the sister, little sister of Lindsay Lohan, and her parents do suck. I was taking it as like, the parents being, you know, nepo nepotism parents, um, whereas they weren't really in the industry. They just became in the public eye once Lindsay was in the public eye. And then I wasn't thinking in 1975 because there's a lot of rumors that Taylor and Matt Healy dated. So this makes it even more inappropriate that they were sending her a picture of them in bed naked together. I'm so creeped out by that. Like, were they just fucking with her? And I should clarify, I think it was more just that they were pictured together. They had like a flirtation. They've not, neither one of them has said they ever dated each other and Matt Healy has denied it. But they definitely were friends. They definitely had each other's number. So there's a possibility that this could have happened. I It's like one of those ones that's unhinged enough that it could be true. But I'm also very doubtful. Wait, but now the more I Google, I'm like, maybe this is true. <laughs> Because there's an article, I mean, it's from Radar, so, you know, again, not the most reliable journalism, but it says, Trouble in Taylor Paradise, Swiss new love Matt Healy caught cheating with Lindsay Lohan's little sis. Love? (laughs) I mean, there's a source saying, Taylor's absolutely gaga for Matt, but what she doesn't know is that he recently spent an entire week hooking up with Lindsay Lohan's little sister, Allie. This is so absurd. The more I get into it, the more I'm like, yeah, 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 this is true. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to let y'all marinate in that news. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you think it's true. I think the part I can't get over is that they sent Taylor a pic of them naked in bed together. That's just, that's weird in my brain a little bit. Okay, but let's get to this week's legit shit. Y'all, if there's one item I've been wearing nonstop lately, it is my men's white shirt from Amazon. It costs $20 and it's so comfy and soft and you can wear it over your little athleisure looks. You can tie it around your waist. I got mine in an extra large, so it's like a little bit oversized for me, but not like a, a lot. It hits at a good place. It's easy to roll up. I don't know. It's just, it's versatile. It's cute. So obviously it's linked in the show notes. I would love if you guys rated and reviewed Kind of Cute on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you have a momento. And I would also love for you to follow me at Bailey Evan on all platforms and at Kind of Cute Podcasts on Instagram. 
please follow me on TikTok. I've been really, you know, I have my moments with TikTok where I absolutely hate it and it ruins my self-esteem and other times I like it. And right now I'm liking it. Uh, after I got over my whole hacking situation, I'm, I'm back to liking it now. All right. I'll see you guys hopefully next week. Bye.